listens to you. Hello, this is Tamina Watson on Radio Punjab. I am your host for the next 25 minutes, and this is the all-new Tamina Talks Immigration on Radio Punjab. This show is being aired live from our Seattle studio, and if you are new to my show, I have so much to tell you. Um, I know you are listeners of uh, Radio Punjab, and you've been here for a long time, but you haven't heard me before, so I want to to, uh, introduce myself to you and what I do, what I talk about, and encourage encourage you to bring your questions to me. Um, If you are my regular listener, this uh, radio uh, show is being broadcast not only in Seattle, but also in California. Um, All the stations that are out there are um, uh, Seattle 1250 AM, Seattle 1560 AM, California Fresno 6:20 a.m., Sacramento 12:10 a.m., and Bakersfield 6:60 a.m. And my name is Tamina Watson. I am an immigration attorney, and I will be here every Friday at 10 a.m. So please do spread the word and tune in. And if you have any questions or comments, and just say hello, please join us and call us at 559-412-1313. Or you can call us at 425-530-1250. That's 425-530-1250. Now, Tamina Talks Immigration is not a new show at all. It's been around for two years. And I'd encourage you to sign up to the Facebook page, Tamina Talks Immigration, where we have 10,000 other listeners and also viewers. Sometimes we have Facebook live shows as well. In addition, all our previous shows can be found um, on iTunes. So please subscribe to the podcast if you don't get to listen to this show live on air. So if you have friends and family members who love to listen to podcasts, please tell them about Tamina Talks Immigration. And if you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Talks Immigration on Radio Punjab. It's so lovely to be here today. Um, For all of you that are new to Tamina Talks Immigration and uh, don't know about me, I'm an immigrant to the United States myself. Uh, I was born in London, uh, UK, and then I lived in Bangladesh for a little while. So my family is from Bangladesh. And if there are any Bangladeshis listening to this show, hello to you. And please call in. I'd love to chat. I lived in Bangladesh for about, I would say, 10 years. So my formative years were there. And then I returned to London, finished my um, education where I became a barrister. And I practiced um, uh, uh, criminal defense and civil law for a little while. And then I got married to an American, which made me an immigrant to the United States. And like many of you, I've been through the immigration process, so I completely understand the frustrations that come with the process uh, and all the, the you know paperwork that goes with it. So there's nobody better than me to talk about immigration law with you. So please call in. The number is 425-530-1250 or 559-412-1313. Now, I practice immigration law only, nothing else. And of the immigration law that I practice, I practice primarily business immigration. And so what does that mean? It means um, any uh, business-related immigration matters. So if you are a business owner trying to open a business and you need to work in the U.S., I can help you with that. And some of the visas that are involved with uh, opening a business are E-2 visas, L-1 visas, EB-5 visas, uh, H-1B sometime as well. 
the law firm that I, I founded is called Watson Immigration Law. It's based in downtown Seattle. Um, and the website is www.watsonimmigrationlaw.com. Uh, I'll repeat that www.watsonimmigrationlaw.com and the phone number at my office is 206-292-5237 and you can always email us at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com now, in addition to the visas that I mentioned, I, o- I also do some of the other uh, visas that people don't necessarily know about much. There is a religious visa. I uh, help a lot of priests who are coming from India and other countries uh, to, um, uh, m- you know, help with various types of pujas and stuff that happens uh, in the temples. Uh, and I've been doing that for a very long time. And those of you who know about religious visas know that in 2009, there were some very profound changes in the way religious visas were being processed and I just happened to open my um, own practice at the time and it just so happened that our visas were something that uh, I started to do quite regularly. The other thing that I practice is P visas and I've helped so many musicians. P3 visas are particularly for musicians who are coming uh, from abroad for particular performances. And I've helped a lot of musicians from India, but various other parts of the country as well. And, um, you know, in one of my previous shows uh, that you'll find on iTunes, you can hear from one of our Seattle um, uh, dance uh, studio owners who brought some um, performers from India and you can hear from her about the process she went through and and uh, and all the types of things that she had done with her her performers here. The other type of business um, uh, visas that are involved are O visas. Typically, they're called genius visas. And I handle a lot of those and any type of green card, whether you're getting married to a U.S. citizen, bringing your parents and spouses and um, children and so forth. But one of the hot topics that I'll talk about in just a moment are EB-5s. And, you know, the Indian community hasn't necessarily looked at this very closely until uh, the last 12 months. And I can talk about that as well. And please call in if you if you want to. But I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later uh, with some of the updates. And citizenship. Who doesn't know about citizenship? It's one of the uh, best things that can happen to uh, somebody who really wants to live in the U.S. And, you know, when I applied for my citizenship, uh, I had to, I wrote about it. And my article is on the Seattle Times. I would uh, invite you to Google my name, Tamina Watson, with Seattle Times um, uh, citizenship, and the article will come up. And it's interesting, as uh, somebody who's from Britain, I didn't quite feel compelled to apply for citizenship. Uh, and, you know, I could have applied for, for some time, but I, until my children were born, I have two children, I didn't really feel compelled, but uh, uh, when I, as a lawyer, trying to file my own application, I was a bit like the seamstress with torn clothes. I, I didn't have time for my own application, so eventually the application was uh, uh, treated like a, a, another case in my office. And uh, so it's, it's a bit of a funny story, and so read, read the Seattle Times, but I am a U.S. citizen, and the, applic- the process was so profound, um, you know, I, I was just, I was very moved. So now I ask all my clients to um, make sure they take their friends and family 
to the citizenship uh, ceremony because it really is a very moving ceremony. And anybody who has become a citizen in this country will uh, attest to the fact that, you know, it's a very moving event. So um, congratulations to anybody who has gone through it recently. You probably, um, it's much more memorable for you at the moment, but I think it's memorable for anybody at any time. So uh, if you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Talks Immigration on Radio Punjab. The number here is 425 five three zero twelve fifty and the other number is five five nine four one two thirteen thirteen. Um, so what else about me? You know, I I was a barrister in the UK. And then when I moved here uh, to the US, I had to start my practice all over again. And it started with how do I become a lawyer? You know, I was a lawyer in the UK, but it doesn't necessarily mean I could be a lawyer here. So I had to research or all the various options that were, that were out there. And then eventually, it took a long time to figure this out, I took the New York bar exams. And the New York bar exams allowed me to practice a federal law um, matter uh, anywhere in the country. And because I was living in Seattle, uh, immigration sort of fell on, on my lap, and here I am uh, 12 years later. Um, you know, when I started practicing in, I actually started practicing in 2006, I was with working with somebody else, but I started my practice in 2009, January 1st, and it was a, a, a very memorable time because the recession had just kicked in. And a lot of our community members, South Asian um, um, high-skilled workers were uh, getting laid off from, you know, various uh, tech companies. And it, it, it turned out that at the time, you know, my services were really, really necessary because if you are on a work visa of any kind, um, particularly on the H-1B, and you've now been laid off and you don't have a job, you have to maintain your status to remain in the U.S. And so during that time, uh, I was filing a lot of uh, change of status cases. Um, but at the time, what was interesting, a lot of people who were being laid off kept telling me, Tamina, I really want to start my own company. I've been wanting to start my own company forever. How can I do that? So I kept going back to the drawing board of researching what are the options for these people who don't fit into the current visa categories that are available. And eventually, while I was researching, a bill called the Startup Visa actually was dropped in Congress. And that became something I latched onto. And what happened after that was I kept writing about it, talking about it. And eventually, uh, I, I wrote a book about it. So I would invite you to find my book. It's called The Startup Visa. Uh, job growth, uh, key to job growth and economic prosperity in America. And you can find that book on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, any any ebook uh, store. And, you know, I have so much to say on immigration. So I write about practically anything. And I would invite you to Google my name and find everything I've written. Only last week, um, uh, an article came out uh, on something called Yes Magazine. It's a, it's a national publication. And I write about 
out the new proposed rules about uh, non-immigrant visa categories in which this administration is going to collect social media handles. It's very important that you all know about it because we have friends and family from different parts of the world who visit us. We have business um, uh, people coming to, you know, come for meetings for for, you know, various reasons. And they will be affected. Students come from all parts of South Asia to the U.S. Their visas will be affected. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that um, just a little bit later. But the article, I would ask you to to find and read it. Um, And so my writing really began with my blog. My blog is on the website, watsonimmigrationlaw.com, and I invite you to subscribe to it because I always talk about the the latest issues uh, that affect my clients. So some of the topics that come up all the time are H-1B visas and all the issues that are are surrounding that particular visa, and I'll dive into those uh, in just a moment. But watsonimmigrationlaw.com is your one-stop shop to learn a lot about these. Uh, You'll find our blog, you'll find link to our books sorry one book at the moment and um, uh, all the articles that we publish and of course all the previous radio shows Uh, and of course you'll find that if I have a guest on the show Tamina Talks Immigration I would post about that in advance and you'll find that on the website as well if you've just tuned in this is Tamina Talks Immigration on Radio Punjab 12.50am in Seattle this show is being broadcast live from our Seattle studio but hello to all of you around Washington State as well as California. And welcome to the show if you're new to it. Now, I've talked about uh, some of my writing and what led to that, uh, what resulted from the writing was really becoming a policy wonk. Um, Having practiced in in the U.S. for almost 12 years, uh, I really became interested in how the law can be changed for the better of my clients. When I started practicing immigration law, what was interesting is I found that every area of immigration law needed to be updated in some fashion. And if you don't know this, the U.S. immigration laws were set in 1950s. And so the world has changed so many times over. There was the, the you know, 2000 millennial. There was the, you know, now is the tech boom. You know, now it's the era of AI. And of course, Facebook never existed at the time. So all of these social changes that have happened in our, in our modern world are not necessarily, you know, keeping it, it, the, the laws that we have from 19. 1950s don't necessarily fit the current system that we live in. So I became a vocal advocate for changing the immigration laws and, you know, all the writing I had done and it all led to advising various nonprofits and lawmakers and policymakers. But one of my proudest moments was to be on Hillary Clinton's immigration working group during her 2016 campaign. And it was interesting, I wasn't allowed to speak about it during the entire year and a bit that I was on that committee. And, um, you know, I really thought that uh, immigration reform was on, on the horizon. And, but of course, you know, we're sort of retro regressing in some of those areas. So now I, I lead uh, a, a committee that is a part of the Washington chapter of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, responding to the various policies that are being handed down right now, affecting you, 
uh, the listeners as well as the entire community as well as the country actually um, so it's been a busy year as you might know um, but that's the policy wonk side of me and if you've just tuned in this is Tamina Talks Immigration I am Tamina Watson on Radio Punjab live from our studio in Seattle if you have any questions the number here is 559-412-1313 the other number here is 425-530-1350 1250 that's 425-530-1250 and if you want to check me out you can t- try logging on to our website at www.watsonimmigrationlaw.com and please like the page at facebook called tamina talks immigration so you can see our live shows when we have them through facebook live uh, m- learn about the upcoming shows that we will have with our guests and just be interactive with all the questions that you might have now this show started here 2 years ago in Seattle on 12:50 a.m. and you know because of all the work I had done over the last 12 years I was very privileged to have some amazing guests on the show and you will find all of the shows uh, as I mentioned on our podcast on iTunes Tamina Talks Immigration and during the course of the 2 years my guests had included previous White House staff from the White um Obama era uh, there were national leaders from um various parts of the country on immigration matters and what was very nice was having guests on my show who were community leaders right here in Washington state who are either making a difference in uh, lives of immigrants or are immigrants themselves and you will be inspired listening to many of the shows uh, that you can find so I encourage you you can go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast but you can also uh, use your android fo- phone to find the podcast as well. If you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Watson on Tamina Talks Immigration, brand new on Radio Punjab. This is my first show. It's so nice to be here. Welcome to all the new listeners. I know a lot of you are not familiar with me, but hopefully it won't take much time for you to learn all about me and know that you can ask me your questions about immigration. The number here at the studio is 5594121313 and 425 5301250 Now part of the show that I I had I I feel I'm compelled to make sure that people understand the various updates that are happening um on immigration Now what's interesting is when I was doing my show over the last 2 years you know uh there were changes but 2017 really saw changes coming fast and furiously and they have continued to date um news updates are coming up policy updates are ha- happening all the time now if you are from the south asian community what's the first thing that's on your mind you can call me on 425-530-1250 but remember i also know some of the issues that are going on and if you are an h4 ead visa holder i can only understand the anxiety that you are going through It's something that I feel quite deeply from all the clients and friends that are in around the country who call me all the time. And you know, while I'm talking about H4 EADs, I want to give a shout out to Rashi Bhatnagar who is in Atlanta, probably not listening to this show, but if you are an H4 EAD visa holder, you probably know her name and uh you know the she was one of the uh, movers and shakers in helping us get the H4 EAD lead the advocacy that eventually got 
brought us to this point. Now, the questions that I'm getting is what is the status of the H4 EAD? Now, going back in history a little bit, you might remember when the H4 EAD uh, rule was issued through the Federal Register, um, soon thereafter, there was a case in the federal court uh, essentially arguing that H4 EAD workers were going to be taking jobs away. And initially, that case was... Um, shut down and H4 EADs continued. But under the new administration after the election, the case was revived. And this administration clearly wants to take the H4 EAD rule away. And they had asked up until February 2018 uh, uh, for the case to be uh, um Stayed. That's the legal term for just keeping it on hold. And in February, the administration uh, submitted another motion to the to the court, basically saying, "No, you know, we need more time, and we will um, publish the rules in June." So every time there is new information and new announcements that really aren't making any differences, the anxiety level of the South Asian community goes up. So at this point, we know that the rules are supposed to come down in June. But what was what's interesting is the USCIS director, uh, Cisna is his name, wrote to Senator Grassley, uh, essentially saying that, um, you know, this is this. He wrote a letter describing all the things that have happened uh, through USCIS policy changes. But he also gave a roadmap to what is going to happen in the near future. And that letter described uh, H-1B policy changes that are coming down to describe what a specialty occupation really is. Uh, It confirmed that it wants to take the H-4 EAD rule away and it also mentioned the international entrepreneur rule and again if you go to my blog you will know that you will read that I have worked very hard on the international entrepreneur rule it's the closest we have come to a startup visa and at this point we know the rule is going to be taken away so questions that I'm getting asked about the H4 EAD what are my options what can I do and so uh, in, in Seattle, we will likely have an informal meeting at some point. I'll make sure that you know about that. But some of the things you can think about, uh, can you have an H-1B on your own? Maybe you can have an H-1B that is not part of the quota. Uh, that is for, you know, uh, organizations that have uh, uh, an affiliation with a higher education institute. Um, or it's a nonprofit research organization. There are uh, organizations that could fit inside um, the category that is not subject to the lottery. Um, the issue that is coming up and questions I'm getting from the H4 EAD community also is, hey, can I um, file for uh, uh, an EB5? So maybe next week we'll cover that issue. If you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Talks Immigration on Radio Punjab. This is my first show and I'm so happy to, to be here. Welcome to all the new listeners. Now, H-1B saw some drastic changes in 2017, and uh, you probably know this if you you are on H-1B or people you you know in your community are on H-1Bs. The wage levels um, that are generally uh, prescribed in in an H-1B application have been questioned uh, in an unprecedented way. So there were uh, very high levels of RFEs, Uh, and denials, in fact, and we're starting to see litigation on these issues. 
another change that happened through policy change was that the USCIS said we will not give deference anymore to cases. That means if you've just if you, if you have an approval on an H-1B, doesn't mean you'll get an approval again. Um, and of course, I mentioned the CISNA um, memo. Uh, so there are lots of changes in H-1Bs. And if you are on an H-1B stuck in the backlog, you're very welcome to contact me to talk about all these issues. Now, I do want to touch on EB-5. It is something that is so important at this time. The EB-5 uh, investment amounts of 500000 as well as a million dollars. And the amounts are set to go up likely in September. The government has tried to change the amounts for several years, but it came very close to changing them in February, and the chances are the amounts will go up in September. Now, for our South Asian community who has traditionally not been interested in the EB-5, suddenly uh, is seeing the merit in it. If the H-1B is going to be denied, not extended, the backlog is going to uh, cause issues, um, it's very important that, you know, if this is something you want to talk about, get in touch with us. You know the emails and the Facebook page and so forth. You know, um, the travel ban uh, issue, I will talk about that perhaps next next. Next uh, week, and I ask you to look at the proposed rules for the um, uh, non-immigrant visas. You know, we're coming up uh, to the 25 minutes that I have with you this morning, and it's just been wonderful uh, being here for the first time. You know, I am very open to hearing from you. If you are from India, I would love to hear from you. I would love to know who you are. Are you from Bangladesh? Are you from Pakistan? Are you from um, uh, Africa, where we have a large uh, South Asian contingency? So get in touch. I would love to hear from you so I know who you are. Um, you know, if you're just tuning in, this is Tamina Watson on um, on Radio Punjab. <laughs> हेलो जी 